And I was just going up the tunnel and my, my dad said to me, um, he's given me all the instructions and then he said to me, you know you don't have to do this if you don't want to. I was like, oh for goodness sake, <laughs> it's a bit late now. <laughs> Welcome to the Charles Owen Podcast. Charles Owen has been manufacturing high-performance, stylish riding helmets since 1911. And to celebrate its 110th birthday, we are interviewing a range of riders, from the biggest names in equestrian sport to up-and-coming superstars. In these exclusive interviews, they reveal their highs and lows and share their secret to success in this challenging sport. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ellen Whitaker, hello. Thank you so much for joining the Charles Owen podcast. My pleasure. Can you please, first of all, tell us how exactly you fit into the very large, sometimes slightly confusing <laughs> Whitaker dynasty, please? Dynasty, <laughs> dynasty. I think it's dynasty, isn't it? Yeah. So I am Stephen's daughter. My uncles are John and Michael and Ian. My cousins right. are William, right. George, James, I don't know if you want me to keep going, Robert, Louise, Joanne. <laughs> you don't have to name them all, it's okay. Your dad and I was a key part of it as well, but I guess the big names are John and Michael Whitaker, and they are your uncles. Yeah, so, they're my uncles. Um, you've got three brothers, right? I have, yeah. Are you the eldest? I am. I can imagine that might have been quite tough. <laughs> it was, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely challenging growing up, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Yes, um, so I mean... Going up in the Whitaker family full stop, I imagine competitive, fun, noisy. What, what, what was that like? Just not all, just your own family, the whole extended family. What was that like? Yeah, all, all of those things. Um, yeah, we were all obviously brought up in a very similar way. We've all brought up to be competitive. They're all big characters. Um, yeah, yes. it's, it's been a lot of fun. Very competitive. And, and are you close to your brothers? Yes, I am. I'm really close to my brothers, actually. We all still work together, and um, Donald and Thomas have moved away. Donald actually rides for Derek Kenny at the minute, and um, Thomas is down south in Horsham. Um, but, yeah, I just actually bought a horse off Tom last week, and I saw Donald not that long ago in Oliva. So, yeah, we, we, we're all, we work together all the time. And you've got Joe as well, is that right? Joe, yes. Um, Joe has actually built a barn conversion at my mum and dad's place, so he's wow. still very close. Yep. Wow, so it really is very much still a family affair. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so where are you based now? Um, in Yorkshire still. Um, okay. I'm actually keeping my horses at my mum and dad's at the moment. Um, I'm actually looking for a, a new property as we speak, but it's not that easy. It's taking some time. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned there that as well as your brothers, you've got your numerous cousins and yeah. uncles it seems to be it's very male dominated are you the only female show jumper <laughs> no um joanne and louise obviously john's daughters um yes. they they do it as well but there is definitely we are definitely outnumbered by the boys massively when you were very young when you first kind of hit the headlines and when you were competing in the big classes i mean you were only 18 weren't you when you came second at the hickster derby Yes, yeah, well I started riding horses. I was always quite tall, um and I remember I remember I I stopped riding ponies when I was fifteen because I don't think um the pony I was I was a bit tall. <laughs> my oh, legs. Really? Yeah, I remember even even at fifteen my legs were kind of wrapped right around the the pony and I think also um my dad felt that in 
like ponies teach you an awful lot competitiveness and you have all your first experiences with teams and everything in ponies but like ultimately horses is where you're going to be and what you're going to have to deal with so it was it was good timing really I came basically off of ponies completely at 15 I went straight I was kind of doing both in that year my 15th year um so yeah I I just I started very early on on the horses and it just seemed to it just seemed to suit me I kind of just I kind of just got it really but like I said I was I was tall and I had some really good young riders horses that started me off really well I did a couple of European championships and then it was actually a strange story it was at the the last pony European championships I did in 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 Montemedio in Bahia de la Frontera mm-hmm. is where I met my first owner who bought Lacano for me when I was oh, really? 15 yeah I <laughs> so loved him I was him. very lucky he's so, so stunning he Just was his... we still have him actually do he's breeding. You? yeah he's breeding away and still looks to be honest it looks like you could just hop back on him and wow. jump him around a crowd of prey he looks fantastic he's he always had that spectacular mane yes yeah big yeah big neck and a big mane yeah so yeah (laughs) such a handsome boy so i don't um so it was it was on him wasn't it that you came second in hicks to derby yep Um, and he was only eight is that right yep but like i said we'd had him since he was five and i was 15 right so that would have been by far the biggest thing like i jumped on him to that point but the one thing he always had was an enormous jump he just felt like you could you you couldn't find a fence too big for him um and he was always extremely level-headed like he was a great championship horse so I don't really know. Again, like back then, people did tend to jump their their good horses in that class a little bit more. But I think times have times have even changed since then because I think more so because of the price of them now. Yes. <laughs> you know, the yeah, amount of money yeah. you have to give yeah. for for the top horses, you just wouldn't dare. A lot of people wouldn't dare jump them in a class like that now. But to be honest, it was it was a really good career move for me. And obviously, the horse was fantastic at it. He jumped clear in that class. Uh, he jumped it three times and he was clearing it twice. So, and you came second to your uncle, Uncle John, didn't you? you came second. Yes. Yeah. What, what was that experience like? You talked me through that day. It was surreal. It's the only way I can describe. I just I can still remember the feeling to this day, and it's probably one of the one of my to me one of my greatest achievements because I grew up watching that class and it was very famous and quite an important class to our family. Like John and Michael have yeah had won it before, and my grandparents loved watching it, and it yeah. was just always such a popular class in England. So I remember when my dad suggested it, I didn't think twice. I just thought, yeah, fine. And then, <laughs> obviously, when you actually go there and walk the course, and I, I'd been through, I'd watched loads of videos like prior to it, and I got some advice off my uncle Michael and everything, and I just remember warming up, and then I was going up the tunnel, and um, there wasn't a particularly nice round, uh, whoever it was that was in before me, and just going up the tunnel, my my dad said to me, um, he's given me all the instructions, and then he said to me you know you don't have to do this if you don't want to. I was like, oh, for goodness sake, oh, it's a bit late now. <laughs> That's not what you want to hear, is it? <laughs> I think just for a millisecond, he'd kind of switched from trainer to actually my daughter's about to go into the Hickstead Derby. <laughs> so, um, but wow. no, he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have done it if he wasn't fully sure that the horse was suited. And, and, and what was, was he like down the bank? He was fantastic. It went, to be honest with you, it was one of those rounds where if you'd have done it 10 times, it couldn't have gone more mm. perfectly than what it did that time. It was just everything just kind of hit, hit 
it was hit perfectly it just was it was just one of those rounds you probably couldn't have done twice wow. it just kind of just everything just happened it was it was lovely it was a fantastic fit I honestly couldn't believe it when I when I went clear and, and I was you... only just inside the time wow. as well and only just do you, were you able to enjoy it's a long course were you able yeah. to enjoy it when you were going around think wow I, this is going so well are you just so you. focused you couldn't really think this is the thing it's it's such a long course and just from the the word go really you have to really focus on hitting everything just right because they're big fences and um i knew that if i if i rode my horse properly the fences were not going to be a problem yes. so it was just getting a really good rhythm a really good stride to all the the single standing fences and yeah. giving them every chance to jump them and then making sure like that to the to the more tricky ones that you just get your timing absolutely right and you hit them sure. perfectly so even after each simple one simple as so that often, Ellen. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was funny though because after the bank for example you'd think that you'd breathe a bit of a you know, yes. Exactly. And then the second you've gone through the dike, you just don't have time to think, no. Oh yes, I'm still clear because there's just one after another. And then there's after the water. Another. And then, then yeah. there's the water and the balustrades and then the two verticals, the ditches across the middle, and then the horrible double. Yeah, the horrible <laughs> and then it's double. the long the long um the long cancer to the last fence as well. So it's yeah, it's just there's wow. not really a breather in there. Wow. How exciting. And and so yeah. you said that was a a pivotal moment for you was that the moment that kind of launched your career for me it gave me a lot of self-belief because it was a it's a challenging class isn't it yeah. and it's a big class and it's a tough class and um I think uh for me it kind of it gave me the feeling like yes you actually can you can do this yeah <laughs> not that I'd ever thought that I couldn't but it kind of gave me a you know a big a big confidence boost and yes um, it yeah. gave me a lot of confidence in my horse as well and to be honest with you it drew a lot of attention to the horse and I think that's why he got uh, all the opportunities we did so early because then he went straight into the team exactly well saying the you were then on the Europe, Europeans um the following year you're following year alongside Uncle John and the European Championships in Italy you're on the team at the Europeans in Germany with both John and Michael we jumped to triple clear he jumped triple clear yes we got the wow. team bronze amazing that was probably another one of the best moments in my career as well because just to, if somebody had told me when I was a kid that one day you're going to do a European championships with both of your uncles and mm. win a medal like it would have just been a dream come true so it was lovely that is amazing I was very lucky I was very lucky to have such an opportunity at such a young age yes I really was like it's the kind of thing it's very difficult to find and it's half the battle to be honest Totally, so, yes. Yeah. And and um, obviously then you sadly missed out on being selected because basically you helped Britain qualify for the Beijing Olympics, didn't you? Yeah, um, yeah. And then sadly missed on the Games <clears throat> games because Lacano went lame, is that right? He did, yeah. He had an injury in the last... Um, we jumped the Olympic team all together in Rotterdam and uh, yeah, he did an injury in the ring which was going to take too long to... Mm to heal so that was a big disappointment I mean to be honest thinking back now I, th I think I took it quite well in the in the moment because I was so young and it's extremely disappointing don't get me wrong because everything was was based around that but you know just to have known even now when I look back it was actually a huge disaster for me because it's actually very difficult to find a horse that good a championship horse and to mm. create those opportunities for yourself and I think because it had happened so easily for me at that point um I just thought you know don't worry pick yourself up and it'll happen again and um and actually it's a lot harder than it sounds <laughs> well 
yeah, isn't it just, I guess you were so young, you just kind of, yeah, you just thought there'd be, yeah, many other opportunities, which obviously yeah. still are, because you're still, oh, only, yeah, you're still only in your 30s. Yeah. But, um, you know, but it's, but it is, it's a, I mean, it's a tough sport, but you have had, enjoyed a lot of success. I mean, I'm going to reel off some yeah. of your, <laughs> some of your wins here, and you can tell me if I'm, if I've missed any of them out. You've won Horse of the Show Speed Stakes three times. Four uh, times. How many, sorry? Four. Four. <laughs> there you go. I love that you can correct yeah. me. The, the uh, you know, the Olympia, Olympia Puissance. You, you've won quite a few Puissance with the same mare, is that right? Yep, Ladina B. She won all the Puissance, she jumped except for the first one. Madrid Puissance? Yeah. Uh, Hoy's Puissance? Yeah. Wow. Um, you were Hoy's Show Jumper of the Year, won the Grand Prix in 2009. British Open <laughs> Showjumping Championship in 2010. Right. Yeah. You've won the Hickson Speed Derby, which is a fast and furious and really fantastic class. You've won that twice, is that right? Yep. And then recently, you double clear in the Nations Cup yeah. um, in Gijon. So there's been a lot in your career. I mean, um, you know, in incredible moments. You did have a bit of time, didn't you, when you took a back seat? Is that right? When you had your boys? Yeah. I feel like I feel like there was a time. I was I feel there was a time where I always saw you everywhere, and then I, I stopped seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I had two children, um, and then to be honest, it was quite good timing for me as well because um, I had a really good bunch of, of horses, which were kind of coming towards the end of their careers. So you know, Ocalado, Cancelia, Lacano, CS Online. They were all coming in into like the, the point of retirement, really, or they were all sort of yes. similar ages. And um, so after that, I decided to to like, start my family, and um, I had two gorgeous little boys. Um, hmm. And yeah, it's been learning to Harry and what's the other boy called? Harry and Frankie. Yeah. Names. <laughs> so it's difficult to name boys in our family because there's just so many boys. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm assuming they're riding. They are, they're really keen. They they up until this point they were kind of a bit on and off with it. Actually Harry won the first um big competition he ever did at Hickstead last year, the lead train. Bless him. Uh, Frankie was placed, he was six, and then he carried on and he, he actually won all three classes at the next two shows that he jumped. And then he he had a bit of a fall at home. Nothing bad. He just like slipped off the back. <laughs> he was he decided it was far too dangerous. Happens to the best yeah. of us. <laughs> so he just thought it was ridiculous and it's far too dangerous. And that was that for a while. And then um, yeah, now they're both ride like asking to ride every day. They're they're really keen again now, which is exciting. So it's it's really fantastic. Enjoyable, yeah. And it must be lovely. You're at home with your parents, so you're you know grandparents are around I imagine they help out because it's going to be hard oh, gosh, I mean, the amount of traveling yeah. you do so hard with two young yeah, kids I'm so so lucky to have the support of my parents with my children because um, it's actually lovely here for the kids um because I do have to travel a lot and it is it is yeah. very very it's probably the worst part of my career now having children the guilt of having to leave them and basically I have to do it that's what I do yes. to earn a living if, if I don't earn a living I can't provide yes. for them so it's it's like it's you know it's difficult to, to to keep everything right so to make sure the kids are happy and looked after mm, and they feel mm, safe and secure mm. and happy when I'm not there um but they're very close to my parents and like I said my brother has a barn conversion here and my brother also has three children so they can't That's yeah so they lovely. all go to the same schools and it's just they you know they are very supported whilst whilst I'm not here so they, they no and you well. know what though Ellen I'm always slightly loath to mention female you know female riders their kids because you know do you think 
any of your, your brothers do you think sorry and your cousins and your uncles do you think they get they get questioned about um how do they cope having kids no i, don't, I doubt <laughs> they do and i think it's so different being a female this is it this is. is this is something it is, isn't yeah. it but it's like it's kind of like how do you cope and it's like you know, the, unfortunately, the men don't generally get asked that question because life kind of carries yeah. on. Whereas the women, you're you're trying to be a mum yeah. and yeah, and and be a be a professional show yeah. jumper. And I get so many like worries and fears. I always worry like, what if when I'm away, one of them's had a really bad day at school and all they want is is mummy. And oh. you know, like I get these things all the time. But it's actually it's actually a lot better nowadays. We have FaceTime and we FaceTime every day. Yes. And yeah. whenever they can come with me, they do come with me. But it's just more difficult when they're in education. That's the problem. Yeah, totally. You're now you're with Dara Kenny, is that right? Yes. Yeah. And so did and you said that he is with one of your brothers, is that right? Uh, they're yeah. working together. Yes, Donald, uh, my youngest brother rides for him. Yeah. So is that how you met Dara? Uh, is, it, is that how you pronounce it? Dara or Dara? Dara, sorry. Dara, <laughs> um, sorry. No, it's not actually. It's funny that the whole time that Donald had been working for him, I'd, I didn't meet him actually. And then the first time I did, we started dating. <laughs> so, <laughs> 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 yeah, I met him at a, a show in Sun Tower in Belgium. Yes, it must be. It's kind of probably quite hard, isn't it, to not have a boyfriend on the circuit I mean because that's what you do isn't it I guess you're either at home with the horses or you're away with the horses it must be quite difficult to, to date people outside of that world is it yeah I guess so I mean I actually growing up um I didn't have too many boyfriends but I did date one that wasn't horsey and um well if I was, if I was going to ask you now the, the one the one person you mentioned who wasn't a horse rider I'm wondering if it's um if it's a person I was going to ask you about because I have to ask you about the fact that you did hit the headlines back in 2011 when you dated Superman, no less. <laughs> which I have to say, we all did think it was quite exciting. Um, so, so um, Henry Cavill, yeah. is that right? Yeah. Um, who was who was Superman? Yeah. And I believe you met at Olympia. We did, yes. Um, so what, what was he? What was he doing at Olympia? Um, he obviously lived. Is he, he lives in London. He loves horses. Um, right. And he had a few connections into the sport through the stuntmen in on various different films that he'd done. Yes. Um, so yeah he didn't have a lot to do on christmas and decided to come and watch us because he has an interest in horses and uh yeah he asked me for my number in the bar was that simple <laughs> wow and, and were you were you starstruck did you know who didn't he was didn't have a clue who he was no oh, really? <laughs> didn't have a clue <laughs> no it's actually quite funny because um he'd asked me out on a couple of dates and i couldn't get there because i was at shows and it was actually quite awkward to get a date and um and then when we finally managed to make it happen, I was like, I actually don't have a clue who this guy is. I'm just going to Google him. Because he told me he was an actor, but I'd never even thought that it was, yeah, you know, yeah. like a really good actor or anything. <laughs> and I Googled him and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's, and I'd not said one word about anything, so he must have thought he was so ignorant. <laughs> I think he probably liked oh, it. Yeah. I bet he found it refreshing. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, cause you went out for a while, didn't you? Yeah. And so yeah. did he meet? He did he meet the family? And... Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he stayed here lots of times. And what do they think of it? You dating a Hollywood film star? Well, you know, our family they're pretty laid back with things. They didn't yes. mean it could have been a Hollywood film star or you know the local mechanic. They they kind of treat everybody the same in our family. So it's <laughs> they were that's yeah, great. They weren't, uh, um, they weren't too starstruck or 
They were just the same, <laughs> just the same. And what did he make of your What did he make of your family? Um, I think he really liked it. Actually, he was. Uh, he's a very. He's a very, you know, down to earth, nice guy. And I yeah. just. I think you know he's. Most of them are. You expect them to be. You know, I don't know what you expect them to be, really, but yes. they are just people at the end of the day, aren't they? And he, yeah. I think he enjoyed it. He liked Yorkshire as well, so yeah it was, it was cool <laughs> absolutely it's a very, it's a very beautiful part of the world Yorkshire. yeah um but it's funny really isn't it because obviously yourself you know you're ellen whittaker and you're part of the the, the whittaker you know famous show jumping family so i guess you in a way you're you get that yourself there's you know um lots of people will be starstruck are you aware of that are you aware of the impact you have on on people if you're at olympia and young girls see you um i think growing up um obviously you're aware of it um and i used to do as much as i possibly could to kind of accommodate it um but i think i think now being a mother and being a little bit older um now i see what actually what not a responsibility it is but what an amazing thing it is actually to have um you know little girls aspiring to be something following something and it's I think it's absolutely lovely. Like uh, the letters that I get now, I I answer them in a different way, even I think than hmm. than what you did before. And it's just, um, you know, if my boys had had something like that, someone to follow or something they followed yeah. or a major interest, I just think there's nothing nicer than a than a child with a dream, is there? And, uh, yeah, that's a beautiful. That's that's a lovely thing to yeah, say. That so really is. I think I just appreciate it probably even more. Not that I didn't appreciate it then, but yes. I think as you get older, you you have more of an understanding about everything. And I would say it's completely. Yeah, definitely. I definitely appreciate yeah. it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and again, speaking of your your large famous family, I'm going to ask you, and I've asked, I've interviewed Michael, and I've also interviewed Jack for this same podcast and I ask them the same questions I'm going to ask you as well okay, okay. which is who would you say is the hardest working Whitaker? Mm, probably my uncle John oh really that's interesting mm. that's it yeah well Michael said all of you he said he said nothing comes easy and that's what I, I love about you guys is is you are so down to earth and you're so hard working and you take nothing for granted and I, I think it's mm. fantastic like Michael said they all are very hard working the only reason I answered with John's because I remember being shocked it was it was quite a while ago now but um I just must have been up at Uncle John's place while he was in the middle of riding and you'd think that he would have people getting his horses ready washing them off you know yes, feeding them to yes. him um and he still tacks all his own horses up and attacks them himself every single day. Fantastic. Like, just as the, the way he did when he was, you know, when he started out. And for me, I just thought that's that's actually amazing. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> um, what about the biggest joker? It's actually, that is a difficult one, because it's either Robert, George or James, but I would say probably Robert. Okay, because I think that, um, Michael said Stephen said your dad well this is because yeah I never even thought about my dad but but Jack said Jack said he's like a proper sort of plays practical jokes my dad yeah oh yeah he's yeah I didn't even think about him I was thinking of the like young guys <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah he does yeah he's always doing silly stuff <laughs> and who is the, who's the biggest partier who's going to be the last at the bar Jim Williams younger brother <gasps> okay Okay, that's interesting. Mm, um, or Rob. I don't know. 
I don't know. We, we can all have a drink, you know, if we've had a good day or yes. something's gone well. Um, Michael said it used to be him in his younger days. It could be. Yeah, it could be Michael. It could be Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the most opinionated? Gosh, that one's hard. I think we're all a bit opinionated. <laughs> who, would, who, would you, who would you go to for advice? Who's the one, one you'd go, go to for advice? Probably my dad, actually. Yeah, that's that. And has, as yeah. it should be. a request on Charles Owen Instagram asking for questions we had so many questions so which I've tried to, to sort of whittle down to a few question we've got here from Eva O'Neill wants to know what keeps you motivated um I think my ambitions keep me very motivated um I think I've been even more motivated um since I've had children um because I have to spend a lot of time away from my children and I want to be able to show them why that was when I when they get older really? and, yeah and for them to be proud of it and not see it as something uh. that that they suffered from you know that it was actually you know a bit of a role model if you know what I mean and yes I totally know what you mean if you want something you have to go and get it and you have to work hard and and that you can actually achieve more than one thing so one of my one of my things is I I want to be the best mother I can be but in order to do that you also have to be able to give them what they need you know the, the college funds and a deposit for their house if we want to go that far or you know whatever yeah, yeah. so I just think it's yeah that's it that that really motivates me to to provide for my children and to make them proud and happy and and yeah. the ambitions and all the things that I want to achieve as well um, is there a specific ambition that you've got? Yeah, I'd like to go. Um, I'd like to go to the Olympics. Um, obviously, I wouldn't want to go without coming home with a medal. <laughs> I think yeah. that's every sports person's um, ambition and dream. Yes. Um, right now, um, I'm trying to build up a, a really strong team of horses again. Uh, I'm working with some really good people again, so it's it's all going quite well. Um, and I Who just, are your top horses at the moment? Who? Um, I've got uh, Rene K. Winston. He was the one that was double clearing Gijon. Yeah. Um, I've got Jack Van Kattenhey. I've just bought a new one. Uh, you won't have heard of her because she is very new. Um, she's right. called Space Cake. Okay. Um, great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually uh, looking for a, a couple more as well. So um, I'm on the. Uh, the global tour for next year so global I need to champions go tour that's yes. very exciting yes wow. it is it is but you need a lot of horses uh, a lot of good horses yeah. uh, so i'm i'm constantly looking and speaking of com- competing secondhand underscore equine says wants to know do you still get nervous and then we've also got a question from Gale- kelly d96 and emily witherley who say if you do get nervous what's your top tip for dealing with nerves well, I think anybody that tells you that they never get nervous are telling little fibs because <laughs> I, I don't know if it's nerves or if it's what it is, but our sport, in our sport, there's very little margin for error. So it's, um, you know, usually if you get something wrong, it's all over. So it's, you know, it's ten- it's tense. You have yes. to get everything just right and and everything has to be just right. Um I wouldn't say I'm a ner- I, I suffer from nerves. I'm somebody that is able to deal with it. Um, and under pressure, I, I, I seem to deal with it better, actually. So, and I don't think that's something... I think people kind of deal with it differently and according to how you deal with it is, how you, is how, what you should do about it, basically. So 
for instance, if I've had a bad run and everything seems to be going wrong, I know that my head is going to be in a different place to where it should be because, you know, it hasn't gone right for a while. So um, I would listen to, I, I listen to the chimp paradox quite a lot. And, That's fantastic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of sports people in all different sports use that. Um, and it's on an audio book, so it's really easy with all the travelling we do and everything just to put that on. Um, but sports psychologists are, I think, massively underrated in our sport. Um, there's not many sports people that don't use them, to be honest, in every yes. sport. And the power of the brain is incredible, especially when there's so little difference between the top few in the world or, you know, if you when you're competing on level power with top horses and top riders. I think a lot of the time, yeah, the power of the brain is going to help you a lot and, and being able to execute something. So do you have a sports psychologist? Um, I use uh, the sports psychologist in the world-class programme. So we have access luckily. I'm on the podium potential squad, so we have access to, to all the sports psychologists and the physios. And so, yeah, I use them whenever I think it's necessary. But I actually think it's something, you know, if you could use them regularly, it's, it can only be a good thing. Yeah. And, and we talked about the fact that you and your family are an inspiration to many young riders. Katrine Evelyn, photography, would like to know who inspires you. I was very inspired by my family, and I know that seems the obvious thing to say. Um, but growing up, um, you know, I remember being in Wembley in the stands watching John and Michael win and mm. throwing the rosettes out to the crowd, and I just thought they were absolutely amazing, <laughs> you know. Oh, so yeah. I think, again, very luckily, having two sports people in the family like that was very inspiring yes. for me as a child and they were my absolute and still are my absolute heroes um I think as well in the family we inspire each other everybody has rough times everyone yeah. gets through periods where they're maybe a bit short of horses or having a bit of a bad run and I just think you inspire each other and, and the competitiveness is always there and the drive I must say, yes. though, I used to really enjoy watching uh, Liz Garage. She was a lovely, lovely lady and, and somebody I really looked up to. And um, Beasy Madden is also is somebody I really admire as well. Yeah, both amazing, amazing yeah. riders. Um, and you talked there about, you know, sort of, sort of some of the tough times, and there are inevitably tough times in with horses, goodness me. Lena uh, Bryn, I think it's Bryn, it might be Brynny, says, what's the biggest struggle? you've had in your career oh goodness there's been so many <laughs> <laughs> and there will still be so many that's the thing um I just think it's you have ups and downs I don't I couldn't tell you which the biggest struggle would be um in sport it's uh it's always a struggle to to stay you know to have to be the best and to stay the best and to keep everything in line and in mm. order to enable you to achieve that so at the moment, like I said, with the prices of the horses and the way everything's going in that respect, it's difficult to, you know, to have, have continuously have the horsepower to, to you know, to keep going. Yes. But I think again, that's part of it now, and you, you know, it's you're going to have to learn how, say, you like me, anybody that's in the sport is going to have to learn how to deal with that and how to achieve that in one way or another. It's, it's just a matter of you know dealing with good people and having really good support and sponsors and backers and yeah. and making it yeah. happen and I think that that's that is a struggle it is a struggle yes um, yeah but doable and you just have to figure out how <laughs> yes and continuing sorry on the slightly <laughs> slightly downer theme but it's it's a great question really like it which is from Bowden EQ which is what was a moment that brought you to brought you to tears. Mm, 
good taste or bad taste, do we think? I think either. Um, I'd let's have both. Let's have happy and sad tears. Well, it's, I mean, the two that stand out just, just that come straight to my brain was um, uh, well, when I was clearing the Hickster Derby, my granddad's face. <laughs> he, um, just the look on his face. Um, I think when, when John and I were first and second, um, it, you know, it was, I think it, the look on his face brought me to tears. Wow. And then in another respect, uh, when I knew that I was no longer going to be going to the Olympics, <laughs> I remember mm. being sat on a log yeah. in Rotterdam and, and all the thoughts hit you like a thousand knives and I must say it was that was a difficult moment <laughs> yeah yeah I can imagine mm. and and um lots of good moments have we spoken about and honor.showjumping wants to know what's the highlight of your career so far you've mentioned Hickstead yeah I've I've been I've been lucky obviously I had a lot of good horses and, and a lot of opportunities um but for me I like I said, my I was always very inspired by my family, and as a little girl, all I wanted to do is be just like them. So for me, standing on the podium in Mannheim with um, with John and Michael was uh, was definitely. A, and that's the uh, Europeans. Yeah, yeah, the Europeans. Yeah. Amazing. Were you won? Were you won bronze? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, and then this is actually quite, quite a nice question, which is you, Ellen. You have got you got you're such an elegant rider, and Bailey Dot wants to know. What is the one important thing to have to ensure a good jumping position? Is there any particular tip you can give us, something you can do? To ensure a good jumping position? Yeah, a good jumping position, yeah. Uh, you need good balance and, and work on, on your strength. You have to be quite strong to hold yourself in a, in a good position. Um, is that core strength or core what strength, sort of strength Yeah, definitely about? core strength. Um, yeah, your, your thighs, your legs, all of it. You have to be quite strong and you have to... Yes. Yeah, you have to... Um, that's something I actually had to work on quite a lot to, uh, when I was younger. Um, I have one leg slightly longer than the other one. And right. So they were never exactly the same. It's obviously, they're not the same. So one leg used to move a little bit more than the other one. And, um, yeah, I really had to work in the gym, actually. And what did you do to work on that? Uh, Is it grid work, or what did you do? I, I went into the gym and worked really hard. To, oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> to be honest. Hit the gym? Yeah, in the gym. Because one side of me was a little bit weaker than the other side, and it just needed to be balanced up. Um, do you still do that now? Yeah, yeah. You do? Yeah, I do. Wow. So how many horses do you ride a day? Um, well, it varies. Um up until recently at six at the moment four um, and and you still go to the gym as well i go to the gym uh, during the last lockdown it was every single day um wow but uh, at the moment i do it as much as possible i say at least three times a week uh, like that i definitely can't so is it something you now. do at home yeah um i just do a bit of circuit training and i try to run as well but don't get me wrong like it's it's difficult with kids and horses and everything yeah yeah um, but i do try and keep on top of it because i know that i do have a weaker side so i do try and yeah and also i mean ultimately you are an athlete yep aren't yep. you and, and i think the sport's changed a lot and again since your uncle's day uncle you know when they were around i think that it's unheard of really di- <laughs> yeah like yeah. you know diet and and you know um and a kind of a fitness regime and that kind of thing probably wasn't part of it i think these days you, you know you've got to it's all it's an all-round conditioning isn't it it is these days yeah everything has changed so much and 
I think, yeah, all those years ago, they probably did have a slightly more laid back or old fashioned yes. attitude towards it. Um, but yeah, everything has gone so technical now, even like the, the jumps themselves, the courses, everything has, has changed so much and it really is a, a perfectionist sport. Now, like I said, there's not much margin for error in, in any respect. So yeah, and actually I must say it's very good for your head as well. Uh, very good for your head. I think you feel, I definitely feel stronger in my head and more positive and more motivated. Um, and I just, I just feel stronger. Yeah. When I work out, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. We've got a question here from Lily. I think it's Di Fiore and Lily Equestrian wants to know what's the biggest fence you've ever jumped. Now we know that you've won the (laughs) puissance quite a few times so what's what's the what's the biggest the biggest wall you've done do you know I can't remember how big uh, I I know it was at Olympia and I think I'm gonna look it up right now yeah I think it was 225 but it could have been 227 you know somewhere around there oh was that in 2009 where William and I won it together we both you won it together um Let's have a look now. Got it on YouTube. Here we go. William and Ellen Whitaker split the puissance. So it looks like it was in 2008. Seven foot two. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the biggest. <laughs> that is, I don't know what that is in metres. It's funny because obviously it's all in metres now, yeah. isn't it, that we do this. So it's, um, I'm going to put in seven foot two, seven foot two in metres, which is, uh, it's nearly 2.2 metres it's yeah. pretty big, yeah. isn't yeah. it? What did it feel like riding down to that? Um, well, <laughs> well, on my horse, there wasn't um, there wasn't much opportunity to be thinking about much else and uh, getting it right because she's she's quite a character. Um, oh really? Yeah, she was well able to jump anything, to be honest. But she was quite feisty and she used to like a bit of a book and a mess around. So as long as I could get her there in the right spot in the right time and I knew she was going to jump it so amazingly the size didn't really worry me it was more about um just making sure I give it a every chance to jump it yeah I think the thing is it's just my goodness you don't want to see a bad stride to seven no, foot you two do. Do you? I mean, the, the, no definitely not if you're going to ask your horse to jump seven two the least you can do is put them in the right place I think yes <laughs> I think that's the thing that that's the thing that would just you know terrify me is coming down to thinking I haven't seen the right stride <laughs> no um, you definitely yeah. wouldn't want that feeling <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, just kicking! Um, <laughs> yeah, terrifying. Zoe uh, Eventing wants to know what made you choose Charles Owen helmets. Uh, quite simply, for me, they are the safest and the best. Um, to be honest, I've ridden in them for for years, and I have tried other helmets, um, and I just don't feel as safe in any of the others. Mm. And to be honest, mm. that's, that's what it's all about, isn't it? My kids ride in. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, I had to choose a helmet to put my kids in. It was always going to be Charles Owen. So I just think that's yes. basically your answer, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. Mm. And a Machu Switch wants to know what's your favourite Charles Owen helmet? Um, I've gone through a few different ones over the years. Um, I t- I'd be partial to a leather look. I do seem to go for a leather look. Um, I'm in the SP8s at the moment, and that was because I suffered from an illness after having my children, and my eyes was, were very sensitive during the time that... SP8's got the wide brim, Yeah, right? it's like the long peak, yeah. yeah. 
Yes. So it just took a bit more of the glare off the sand and the sun away. And I've kind of just stuck with them because I just, I think they look quite elegant as well. Yeah, they're really elegant. There's a new product which is coming out in 2021, a new helmet that actually is top secret. And you've actually seen this helmet because you're the face of the campaign, aren't, aren't yeah. you, for the new Charles Owen helmet. Yeah. Now, you're not allowed to say the name. You're not allowed to say anything about okay. it. But you've seen the helmet, haven't you? I have, you? yeah. Which is very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and you are part of the... You're the face of, of, of the new launch. So, yeah. I mean, that must be very exciting for you. How does it feel to be... Yeah, the face of a of a of a new product oh, for fantastic. such a big company. Well, because I love the company and I have you know so much belief in. I just love what I love. I love the brand basically. I really believe in it, and I think when you can work with brands like that, it's fantastic. I honestly do think that they are the the best out there. So uh, it's it makes it a little bit more special when you're able to promote something that you enjoy so much. Basically, that you have yeah, so much confidence in. in. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, we are very excited about the launch. Um, so, yes. So, so all I can say is to people listening to this, watch this space and for checking out this new product in 2021. We've now got Charles Owen. We've got three questions that we ask at the end of the podcast. First question is, when are you happiest? I am happiest when I am winning. So whether that be at life, at being a mum or in the ring, or all three. That's when I'm happiest, when I'm winning at all three. So when my kids are happy, when my business is, is running well and I'm achieving what I'm trying to achieve. Do you put a lot of pressure on yourself? Yes, I think I do, actually, yeah. Um, because I just think there's, you know, it's 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 not a game, it's my life. And um, I just, yeah, I try to do the best I can at all What do you it. wish you'd known 10 years ago? Really? Nothing. Yeah, I was thinking about this one and there's not a lot that I could have known that would have changed much for me. So I think I've learned a lot as I've gone on and I actually feel in a really good place with myself in life at the moment. Mm, so mm. I actually think everything I've been through has has been a learning curve for me, of which I have learned an enormous amount from. So, yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to know. You don't know what way life is going to go in. All you can do is learn from it. And for me, I've had a, an awful lot of ups and downs and I have learned a Fantastic. lot from all of them. So I, I wouldn't have wanted to know anything. I'm pleased I went through well, it I love all. that. Fantastic. Thank you. Um, and lastly, if you hadn't been a show jumper, now I know that with your breeding, it's quite likely it's going to happen. Let's face it. But did you <laughs> at any point, was there any point where something you you had not, you had a different interest. You you considered being something else other than a show jumper. And what would that have been? Well, I ne I never considered being anything else. But I was um, a tennis fanatic when oh, I was really? younger. Uh, yeah, I used to love tennis. As well, I was addicted to it. So I used to. We didn't have a tennis court, obviously, when I was younger or anything. But I just used to put this like. Uh, lunging line across <laughs> the middle of the yard and <laughs> make one of my brothers play with me and and then I, I went for a few lessons and um, apparently I wasn't too bad but it was never going to be able to continue because yes. the horses kind of took over completely but I, I think if they hadn't have been there I could easily have been addicted enough to give it a go don't know if I would have been good yeah because it but... sounds like cause I spoke to Jack could have been a footballer you know professional footballer so I get the feeling you're all very yeah. naturally gifted in terms of sport is that right do you know what i don't know if you've ever if you've ever read rafa nadal's uh, story not comparing us to him in any <laughs> way but 
it was interesting for me because he started as a footballer and apparently wasn't good enough. And then he started as a tennis player and uh, right-handed. They didn't believe he was good enough. So he retrained himself um, to play with his left hand. And obviously it's turned out the way it has. And I just think that if you have the mentality and the dedication and you you know you you have that strength mm. to really mm. dedicate yourself to something and push yourself hard enough to do it most of the time you can obviously you need the physical ability don't get me wrong but um i would say that as a mm-hmm. family we've kind of been taught that all of us so it it's it's just it's just the way our our like parents and everyone our uncles and everybody mm. were so uh, yeah i think we're quite we're quite sporty we're all quite strong and then my brother Joe he's he's so strong and so fast mm. and they used to come begging for him to play in the rugby in the football teams <laughs> at the door and he all he wanted to do was go to a horse show so it's I don't know what opportunities we could have had but we I think a lot of it's in the mentality yes. as well and I think as a sports person you need yeah that, and so you Whitakers have got that yeah in bucket loads positive mm. attitude <laughs> yes Yes, I need a positive attitude, that's for sure. Ellen, it's a lovely place to finish the interview. It's been such a joy to talk to you. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you very I much. I am no doubt whatsoever we will see you at the Olympics. Thank you, Ellen. Oi. <laughs> thank you.